and welcome to the Alien Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan, and today we're looking at Minute 44. Begins with Ash looking through the space microscope and ends with Ash talking about adverse environmental conditions. And we have a guest today. Yep, Crystal Beth is back again. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. You recovered from that video game? Oh, God, I'll never recover. It's just a constant state of wanting more and not wanting it at all. (laughs) My poor heart. Can't take it. Well, it was a good place to talk about it because this shot that is continuing into this minute and will continue on into the next minute is a really long, sustained, single take that moves us from what seems to be a subjective view, and in a way it is, it's the subjective camera that's working its way through the story, but it's ultimately revealed to be something else. But one of the things that it strikes me is how by dropping us into this temporal state and giving us this long scene, and there are several other really kind of long takes in the movie, and even those moments that are covered with two cameras are happening in the moment, in present time. And it's one of the things that makes this movie so great and so immediate that it really works hard to drop us into a timeline and keep us there as long as it can. Movies can cut, and that's the one thing movies do that no other form can do. Um, But the more you cut, the more you remind the audience they're watching a movie, and the more you might disorient or confuse or even bore an audience because films can become too choppy. And this film really wants to drop us into this time frame and and keep us inside of it. Yeah, I love that. I I just like long cuts. I, I mean, action adventure, chop it up all you want. But in movies that use that correctly to make you just terrified. Ugh. And I kept waiting. Even then, I was like, oh, what's going to come out right now? And nothing did. So it was still getting my anxiety up. And then it was like, oh, good conversation. I can breathe for a second. You know, even Jaws does it. Jaws has these extraordinarily long takes with no cuts that just keep you in the moment with everybody. Well, I think mm-hmm. this movie is is definitely uh, a good example of, of of using editing techniques appropriately, not overusing some in, in holding long shots to get the effect that we're talking about here. Because earlier when they when they crash land on the planet. We get super quick cuts. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about that in earlier minutes, which gives this visceral effect. You're shaken as the audience member. You see the urgency in the crew as they realize that something's going wrong. They got to grab fire extinguishers and get at it. It's perfectly appropriate time for that. This is not the appropriate time to do any cutting. As I feel, uh, we'll get into this with the performances too. I feel that they're definitely trying to ground us into a very real conversation here. I think the. Ian Holm, both of the performances in this, we'll talk about it a little bit in the next minute too. This feels so authentic to me, the way that they're relating to each other, the way Ian Holm is responding to her presence and the way that she's responding. I've had these kind of conversations, these uncomfortable conversations with people Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to talk to. And they, both of these performances just knock it out of the park. Yeah, Um, I agree. I could listen to Ian Holm talk all day too. Well, the way he was... Oh, so good at responding to her. Did you notice she scared him? She absolutely yeah. scared him. We move in with this creepy shot, and we are 
spying on him. His back is to camera, and he turns to look into the microscope, and then she comes in from frame left. So if we thought it was a point-of-view shot of a, of a character, we find out it definitely is not. She comes in frame left, maybe startles us, definitely startles him, so we know mm-hmm. that you can spook an android. Well, and he pulls a classic John Ingle, I'm nervous, talking maneuver, which is to do the faint little stretch. It's something I do. I see other people do it, but I definitely do it. If, I, if I'm a little nervous talking to somebody, I'll do a little stretch like, hey, how's it going? You know, and he does uh-huh. that. And, it, and it's this moment because I think it's partially due to, I mean, I, maybe I'm attributing uh, human physiology here a little too much to him. But it's also something you might do if you just puckered up from getting scared by somebody, you know. Uh, yeah, right. You tense up and then you do a little stretch. But I think it's classic. He's hiding something right here. Uh, I think I think he's been looking in his space microscope. He's been seeing things that he doesn't want to share with anybody quite yet. And she snuck up on him. So he's going to pretend like everything's normal. And one way you do that is the classic little stretch. Um, stretch out your arms, something everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Only when they wake up. <laughs> well, I also think, though, that he is, he obviously doesn't want to talk to her, but he's acting like, man, c- compared to how they've acted with each other before, he's a, being a little bit more polite with her, almost trying yeah. to play it off. Like, oh, is there something you wanted? Like, he hasn't even seemed interested in anything she wanted to say up to this point. So I think he's just trying to throw her off a little bit from uh, from whatever's going on here with this microscope. Yeah. The camera stays on him the whole time, which is interesting. She moves across the frame, is in frame right, and we still don't really see her face. So the whole conversation, really until the next minute, doesn't even cut to Ripley. So we are on Ash and watching him closely. I like it because it puts you in the frame of mind of Ripley. You know, it just you're like watching for anything to be because I at this point, I don't trust him. When I first saw it, as soon as he let them in the airlock, when she was like, no, you have to be quarantined. I was like, trust, I trust not this person at all. So when the camera stays on him, I'm like, I'm not supposed to trust him. You get those awesome director cues on how to feel with that. And I love it. I was going to ask too, we talked, we're talking about this, this subjective camera and how it could have, it could have been. So Mitch, are you saying had she entered frame, right? We could assume that the point of view of the camera was hers. No, I think, I think if you're going to use sort of real cinema logic, probably say you'd have to have a shot reverse shot. You'd have to cut to her and then back to establish it. I just I think it's a trick, and it's a great trick because that's not to say she didn't see the way that that room was laid out when she walked in. That she probably did kind of approximate that move that the camera makes, but we're not mm-hmm. located in her consciousness the way that you know Hitchcock, for example, would do that shot. He'd he'd shoot her moving towards camera, and then he'd cut to a direct point of view shot saying, you're inside Janet Lee's head, for example. Um, so it's a little different than that. And it's I think it's a disorientation device, you know, to make us yeah. maybe think it is. But, oh, it's not. But you're right. The gaze still approximates her perspective. I think, Crystal, like, as you said, she's we're even though she's in frame, we're watching him with the same scrutiny that, that she is. Do you right. I have this feeling it's going to come up in later minutes that we're slowly, slowly, slowly being brought to her point of view. Are we at her side here? Is this camera move, this subjective camera move, are, are they implying that 
we've snuck up on him with her and now we're starting to sneak into this idea that she's the protagonist like at this point when you're first watching the movie you're not thinking that but are they kind of planting little seeds here and there that we're going to be moving into her point of view as the movie progresses is that a fair assumption or is that am i stretching a little far to read it that way i like that the one thing i like about this movie well a thousand things i like about this movie one of them is for instance, when you first get the facehugger, you're like, oh, man, that's the alien. And then it's a totally different thing. It's a totally different alien. You know what I mean? Like, that's the the bad part, the bad guy. And then with this, I started to think who I thought were the main characters and who was going to be the ones to save the day. And I knew that Ripley was the lead just because, you know, I'm a human that was alive after the movie was made. But it's kind of in, like in Psycho when you think that per the, for instance, Dallas is the lead. It was right here where I remember switching my point of view over to Ripley's and being like, oh no, she's the logic in this now. She's the one that's in control or not in control, but the focus is on. Was that clear? I kind of talked in circles. No, there. that's totally clear. And I think, John, you're right too, that the fact that she comes in frame left and it's an unbalanced frame. Yeah. I mean, it's there's we're really focused on the, the microscope and ash. And so she comes in, we get the trick, we get this little startle. And then the fact that she crosses camera and then moves into frame right, I think you're correct. We're right next to her now. We're like, we could lock arms with Ripley if we wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then we're there for how however long listening to his explanation of things along with her too. And um, she's clearly kind of stringing him along a little. She wants to see how he responds to her little questions, I think. Because do do we get the idea that she's, I mean, she doesn't trust him. We find that, we know that, we find that out later. But she does, she's suspicious of everything here, right? She's absolutely, and rightfully so, does not understand why he opened that hatch door. She's right? angry, I think. She's angry about it, but I think that, yeah. wouldn't you assume that the science officer, as she's going to say in the next minute, the science officer would follow protocol and not open the door? Uh, to me, that would that would add suspicion. I think that she would have to be thinking, something's up here, this isn't right. Yeah. Like, why would he do this? And so she's trying to get a gauge on him, and... Um, I think that we are too. I think that's exactly what they're asking us to do in this scene as well. Yeah, I, I have written. Yeah, I have written down in my notes: small talk before the Ripley boom, <laughs> because she's like setting him up for all these things and having him answer all like correct and true. And then she's like, "Oh, and by the way, mic drop. Yeah, why yeah. are you doing all these horrible things?" And I, I can't, now I'm forgetting, is that in the next minute or this minute? Next minute. Next <laughs> okay, minute. we'll save it for the next minute then. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, so he gives his little, his diagnosis or his uh, evaluation of the makeup of the, of the alien, talking about the polysaccharides and all of that. And he ends that, uh, well, she says, what does it mean? Is that right? Is that in this minute too? Um, I think yeah. the punchline is in the, in the next scene. Maybe you're right. But well, he he's says. He's giving her the big, the big list of scientific stuff. It's not gobbledygook, but it's he's obfuscating. He's not giving it to her straight. He probably knows she's not going to ha- be be able to really understand what all this stuff is because he's the biology guy. She's she's not. So I think it's more passive aggressive stuff on his part. Well, I I kind of suspect 
something. There's two things I w- I'll read into how he, how Ian Holm reads this line, uh, these lines. I think he's he's giving her, he's answering her question, um, but he ends the with talking about it being able to withstand adverse conditions. He takes this pause and he stabs her with that word conditions. Now there's two, there's two reasons I think. One, he doesn't like her. And he's just, that's just got a little hate behind it. And two, I think he might have realized as he was explaining this that she is stringing him along a little bit, that he's giving this explanation. And I think he might have realized at that moment because he almost gives a, he gives like a mischievous little grin when he says the word conditions too. Yeah. I, I think he might have realized that that's not what she's here actually to talk about. So it's a great, it's a great performance. And it also seems glitchy. Like you could read it that way. There's been, Crystal, multiple moments in earlier minutes we've talked about where Ash is behaving in this way that makes you, if you understand he's an android, he's a glitchy android. There's something wrong with him. He does these weird little ticks and and says things in weird little ways. I think Ian Holm is playing this two-sided performance even. I think maybe he was conscious of both things all the time. And that throws us, again, another thing that throws us completely off balance as a viewer. What's interesting, though, is that those glitchy things are totally just weird neuroses that a real person would have. Right. So like when he does that little run in motion thing (laughs) at the beginning when they're going to go explore the ship for the first time. Yeah. And he like is going to sit down at the cameras and like runs real fast. I was like, maybe he's cold. He's doing that because he's cold or he needs his energy or you don't know. It's just such a I don't know, like the people that will like clap before they do something or I don't know. <laughs> that that'll be cut out for some reason just scared <laughs> sorry the crap out of me. no it's okay it was just I was thinking of I was going through all the weird glitchy things and thinking of how like weird Ash is as a character and geez Louise <laughs> well, I, sorry about that yeah I reached I, <laughs> I reached I over for a uh, to switch to make sure that was where the minute ended and I knocked something over so I'm because it's like Dallas going sorry Crystal I, I'm so honestly I'm starting to get a little suspicious of Mitch he's acting pretty glitchy too I know right Are you I, the same I've, known him, right? I've known him for a long time but the truth is I've never met his parents I don't know where he came from for sure. So oh my God. we might, we might have, a, sounds... I've got a fire extinguisher handy here somewhere in case okay. he goes completely crazy. I'll just have All a right. drink of this refreshing glass of milk next to me. Yeah. Oh, gross. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I needed to know. Right. Take him out. You've got <laughs> cables. Choke him out. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, do we got anything else for this I think minute? that's it. Let's go watch this argument heat up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Minute 44. Uh, Crystal, remind everyone again where they can find you on the Internet. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, my name, my handle is at the Crystal Beth. If you would like to watch me play video games at Twitch, my name is uh, Ms. Sparkle Diamond, MS Sparkle Diamond at twitch.tv slash Ms. Sparkle Diamond. And check out my podcast, Unlimited Lives. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, capecomedyradio.com. Uh, download us and listen if you want. That'd be nice. All right. And we, uh, as always, are on at alienminute.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please subscribe over there and leave us a review if you'd like. 
Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod or check out some images that we're going to throw up on uh, Instagram uh, at Alien Minute Podcast there. Oh, also, so I always forget to remind you to come over to our Facebook page, uh, become a member of our listeners group over there and give us uh, your feedback. And we look forward to hearing that. Uh, so we'll see you tomorrow for minute number 45.